Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 97.1 FM Talk. On Demand Audio. Did you know this is disgusting? You want to hear something disgusting? I think it's disgusting. Our friends Riley Gaines and Paula Scanlon, I feel like they're our friends because they fight on the right side of these uh, trans issues right mm-hmm. now. They were in Missouri last week. In fact, I just saw, and I'm not sure of the complete context, but I just saw Attorney General Andrew Bailey tweet something out with Riley. I think this took place last Friday in Springfield, Missouri. Riley Gaines came to share her stories about Leah Thomas, et cetera. And one of the people that's kind of on this tour with uh, with Paul Scanlon and a couple other folks is Bethany Hamilton. You might remember Bethany Hamilton was a very successful surfer. She was mm. um, she lost her arm in a shark attack. The shark right? person. Yes, yes I do yes. remember that. Lovely. She was on The Amazing Race many years ago, too, and did Aww. very good. So somebody comes, think about this. These are the tolerant people, right? Oh, Our, yeah. The trans people are tolerant, right? Somebody comes to this thing in Springfield last week, and they um, they bring a shark to mock Are Bethany Hamilton. Are you kidding me? I, I, I'm not. I'm not. The activist showed up dressed as a shark to target Bethany Hamilton. Is a terrible person, says uh, Trent Lovely. Talbot, who Lovely. was with the uh, company that was promoting this. Once again, those who claim they're the most tolerant turn out to be the most callous. That's how it always is. It, it really is amazing, and I don't know why that side isn't ever um, highlighted in some of the stories. But let me, let me kind of go to something, and I know that I did this a couple of days ago with, um, with another column about some of the trans stuff. And right after I did that, and th- that was related to the New York Times piece, and that, there's some reaction to that as well. So I can't remember the last name of the woman who wrote this last week. Paula was her name. Hmm. New York Times opinion piece basically I mean, I'm going to summarize it this way. She talked to a bunch of trans people who are now detransitioning, saying we made big mistakes and nobody asks us these questions. And yeah, maybe I'm just gay or maybe it's a mental illness. And now they have deep regrets. And there was a woman that was featured in this who um, had her boobs cut off and, you know, took all the the hormones and now is, you know, in deep regret over this. So there's a theme that goes along with this. So one story would be the New York Times is getting all kinds of, you know, pushback from their own employees because the, the little snowflakes at the New York Times don't feel like the paper has their backs, even though this is a pretty important issue. So Barry Weiss at the um, at the Free Press, if you go to the FP.com, the Free Press is really, I think, I would cite it as one of the only places that real journalism is taking place. 
And Barry wrote this. Perhaps you read the long investigation about detransitioners published in The New York Times. It was from Friday. It is comprehensive and sober, and we highly recommend it. I do, too, even though it's The New York Times. It's also a piece where a confident, she writes, would have never made it into the paper were it not for independent publications like ours taking the journalistic and reputational risk over the past few years. Absolutely. And she's really kind of addressing the subject of gender-affirming care. And they've been very brave on this. And she lists a bunch of people who have written articles about this, some of whom have been even featured on this uh, on this show. But Abigail Schreier and Lior Sapir, some other people as well. So there's another one. Tamara Pitsky is a therapist who adds to the voices. And the Free Press had this, I think it was two days ago. And again, what what's interesting here is the trans activists, um, the legacy media, they always want to bash the people who are coming out and discredit them as just being tools of the right wing. In fact, the people that were featured in the New York Times piece even told that particular opinion author, you know, uh, these are just my opinion. I'm not beholden to the Republicans or I'm not yeah, Trump related. Just, I'm just telling you how I feel and how I was abused because people didn't ask questions at all. And Jamie Reed's whistleblower piece, which came out a year ago in the free press, by the way, is very consistent with what Tamara writes here. She goes, I know from firsthand experience what hard times are. Though I had a happy childhood raised as the middle child by working class parents in Washington State, my mom died of ovarian cancer when I was 22. After that, my family fell apart. I felt lost and alone. I decided to become a therapist because I didn't want anyone to go through what I had, feeling like no one on this planet cares about them. At least they can say that their therapist does. I earned my master's in social work. She goes into the history here. University of Washington. She's worked in the Puget Sound area. And um, she says that she was employed by a company called MultiCare, one of the largest hospital systems in the state of Washington. And she worked with hundreds of people. But in mid-January, she left her job because of uh, things that were happening with the affirming care. Here's what's interesting. I hope that Fred said that he printed this out for me, and I hope that he did because you know what happened to me here Hmm. as I'm reading this story? Hmm. I'm going to do my best with it anyway because we're almost out of time. When I first pulled this story up on the iPad, I did not miss the, uh, or I did meet the paywall. <laughs> Apparently, I've met the paywall now. So I'll do as best I can. You see how, look look what happens when you meet the paywall. Yeah. It oh, all I'm fades familiar. out on you, right? Yeah. yeah. So she, uh, she says that the therapeutic relationship is a special one. We are the original safe space where people are able to explore their darker feelings and painful experiences. The job of the therapist is to guide a patient to self-understanding. But- She says in the past year, and she just left her position a few weeks ago, she says she noticed a concerning new trend in my field. I was getting the message from my supervisors that when a young person I was seeing expressed discomfort with their gender, the diagnostic term, of course, is gender dysphoria. We've talked about that. I should throw out all my training. No matter the patient's history or other mental health conditions that could be complicating the situation, I was simply to affirm that the patient was transgender and even approve the start of medical medical rather transition. She says, I believe this rise of quote unquote affirmative care for young people with gender dysphoria challenges the very fundamentals of what therapy is supposed to provide. Now, here's what's interesting about this, at least to me. This didn't come out a year ago when Jamie Reed wrote her piece. This didn't come out, you know, a few months after that. A year after there has been, and I've been talking about these trans issues for years, before I was on 97.1 FM Talk, and my three-year anniversary of being on this station is coming up in about a month and a half. But it's it's had the light 
shined on this issue like never before, thankfully, because of Riley Gaines, yes. because of Paul Scanlon, because of some of the others. So now you have, after a year of all this, after the Washington Post, after the New York Times, after the L.A. Times all published multiple pieces, the one that I referred to on Friday, just the latest example, with pushback to this stuff, you know, along the lines of J.K. Rowling and Dave Chappelle right. saying, wait a second here, a woman who you know, doesn't have a penis is a woman and a woman who has a penis is not a woman. All of that stuff that's come out, Jamie Reed's piece, you still have a major healthcare system in Washington state. And let's face it, it's beyond Washington state saying, you know what? Don't worry about asking these kids if they have any kind of underlying mental health conditions. Don't worry about any of that. If they come in, they have gender dysphoria. And this is what happens, by the way, with people who argue for, you know, Leah Thomas and others to participate in women's sports. They don't see it the way that rational human beings see it. They see it in this way. If somebody says that they're a woman, I had somebody react this way on Twitter two days ago, and I didn't have the energy to tell them how freaking stupid they were because they were bringing up the point. Well, what if a kid comes and, you know, they have gender dysphoria? Well, let's say my daughter does that. I tell her, okay, we're going to get you some help, but we're not going to hop you up on puberty blockers. Right. But the bottom line is they think if Leah Thomas says she's a woman because she's transitioning, well, she's a woman. No body parts, no biology matters. It's really disgusting. And here's another example in the free press of people pushing back. But it's shocking to me that they're having to push back at this point. But I guess that's where we are. Get more at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 